Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Thank you, singers and musicians, and thank you all this morning for, for being with us. In the house of God, it is always good to be in church. Amen. Uh, man, you know, think back a couple of years ago, we couldn't even be here physically, right? Now we can. Hallelujah. And so I want to take full advantage of that. Every time I, the church is open, I want to be here. Amen. So uh, if you uh, if you got your Bible with you this morning, I want to take the opportunity to minister the Word of God. Let's open to James. This morning, letter of James, chapter 5. James 5. I'm going to go way back on us this morning. There's a well-known hymn. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a well-known hymn. It was written years and years and years and years ago. It is well with my soul. Uh, written back in the 1800s, matter of fact. And so this is a well-known hymn. may even have sung it. A time or two here, I'm not sure, positive. But um, uh, this hymn was written by a man named Horatio Spafford. This guy lived in Chicago. And he wrote this hymn after traumatic, traumatic events in his life. First two events that happened in his life were that his four-year-old son uh, died and the second event was the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, which that, if you know anything about that fire, they say that a, a cow kicked over a lantern. In those days, they didn't have LEDs, you know. And so they kicked, this cow kicked over a lantern, and it, it started a fire. And because most of the construction was wood, Chicago went up in flames, basically. And from one day to the next, the place was absolutely ransacked by fire. And many, many people uh, died. They lost their homes, their possessions, their businesses. This man was uh, absolutely bankrupt because of the Chicago fire. Uh, and so it was, it was, uh, it was a rough time. On top of that, he, uh, he went, he planned to travel to England where an evangelist named D.L. Moody was doing evangelistic campaigns. Some of you have heard of D.L. Moody. You know, he's a great preacher of the 1800s. Um, and so because of the financial impact from the fire and everything, this man was unable to go. However, his, uh, his um, I think it was his wife and four daughters were able, to tr- were able to travel. However, as they were crossing the, the ocean, um, their ship collided with another ship and sank and he lost all four of his daughters in that in that sea so here's a man this guy he's living for god and it's just one blow after another right years i'm I'm not sure how much longer it was after that but this man went and made a trip to england himself by 
the same route on on ship. And the story goes that as they were nearing the area where the other ship had sunk, he went up onto the deck alone, and he's praying and he's he's mourning the loss of his daughters. And it was at that time that the lyrics to that song, uh, It Is Well With My Soul, came to him. And so the lyrics, I'm not going to sing to you, so just be relaxed. You know, I'm just going to read the lyrics, but listen to these words. These are, uh, these are some, especially when you know the context, you know the story, unbelievably profound words. Listen to what he says. When peace like a river attends my way, attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, lest this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. This, I mean, this is deep stuff. This is really good, sound Christian doctrine. Amen. It's biblical. For me, be it Christ, be it Christ, hence to live. If Jordan above me shall roll, no pang shall be mine. For in death, as in life, thou wilt whisper thy peace to my soul. And so it goes on. And and this song is, is, is wonderful. It's a wonderful hymn. But if you know the story of this man, Horatio Spafford, the author of It Is Well With My Soul, unfortunately, it was not always well with his soul because after this, this guy uh, got off the rails. He began to stray from Christian doctrine. And we don't know, obviously, God knows the hearts. Hopefully, I'm hoping that he got things right uh, in the end of his life. And I'm not here to, you know, comment on, on all that necessarily. But the the outward, looking from the outside, this is what happened. Ultimately, he abandoned the true Christian faith and he led others to do likewise. Him and his wife ended up leaving orthodoxy or biblical Christianity. Ultimately, they lived in Jerusalem and they formed an authoritarian legalistic cult. So <clears throat> what is the point of that story? Pastor, are you trying to just depress us this morning? What? No, I'm not trying to depress anybody this morning. My point is, we can get off track. Some of our most beloved people that we know, I have some of my best friends ever in my life have gotten off track. Amen? That's a, this is a reality this morning. But I'm not here to just talk about that. <laughs> I've got hope this morning. How many know that God delights in bringing people back on track? Hallelujah. I want to minister this morning. Uh, if anyone wanders from the truth, from James chapter 5, let's see what the Word of God says about this issue. Verse 19 says this, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, pause, what does that mean? Even if they've gone astray, they can come back. Oh, did you hear me? They can come back. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't, man... You want to talk about making a a brother happy is when somebody comes back. Amen. Verse 20, 
Sorry, let's start from 19 again. If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to consider this scripture this morning. I want to start, number one, with wandering from the truth. So our story that uh, we read about Horatio, it's a tragic, uh, tragic thing. And so we need to consider this. Um, I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe that faith is ignoring realities and just hoping for the best. I believe that faith is recognizing, acknowledging, accepting realities and saying, but God. Amen? I don't know, that's one of my definitions for faith, you could say. And so, uh, we need to take this into consideration. If any of us, if, if, if you're sitting here this morning, you're like, pfft, pfft, couldn't happen to me. I'm solid. I am, I'm mo- I'm the most Christian person I know. And I'm also the most humble person I know. <laughs> you might have trouble. Amen. Amen. How many know we've not arrived? We're not there yet. We're not perfect. Uh, but it is possible to wander this morning. It is possible. Proverbs speaks about this, chapter 27, verse 8. As a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man that wanders from his place. So the, capab- the, the possibility of wandering is a real possibility. How many know that we have something inside us? Uh, holy, hopefully it's the Holy Ghost. We're saved. Right? We've got the Holy Ghost. But we also have something else. That is the sinful nature. The old man, the flesh. The flesh is a beast. Right? Our hearts are twisted and corrupt, the Bible says. Jeremiah, even though we've gotten a new heart from Christ, I mean, no, if we allow that old man to start making decisions and we start following the flesh, we can wander from the faith. It is a possibility this morning. O to grace, how great a debtor. This is another uh, hymn. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace now like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. That should be the essence of that. Should be our prayer every day, honestly. God, help me. I want, I don't want anything else. I don't want to go astray. I want to walk with you all the way. Amen. Through this life and through all of eternity. How many know that we've got biblical examples of this? Peter, I was saying this just this morning with the guys we did the, had the serious men's class this morning. Thank God for serious men. I mean, the men that are serious about serving God. Amen. Amen. Thank God for that. It is awesome. Thank God for serious women, too. Don't, I'm not leaving you ladies aside. If it wasn't for you, most of our serious men wouldn't be serious. Amen. But anyway, Peter is a great help. Because here's a serious man. Peter was serious. Hey, he wasn't playing around. When he wanted to live for God, when he wanted, when Peter got his mind to do something, man, that brother did it with everything he had. Good or bad or right or wrong. <laughs> and sometimes that was his problem, right? Sometimes that's some of our problem. Sometimes we do it and it's like, okay, maybe you should have prayed about that first, bro. Oh, gee, what a thought, you know. So Peter, Peter got off track. Peter wandered. Jesus warned him. Peter was like, even if all the rest of these slouches abandon you, I wouldn't, I'm going to the death. Okay, Peter, we'll see how that works out. And we all know Peter did 
wander. But listen to this. Jesus said Lucas in Luke uh, 22, Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. And when you have returned, strengthen your brethren. Amen. So, Jesus, how many know Jesus knows the end from the beginning? Jesus saw Peter, he says, brother, you're going to go off the track. You're going to go off the rails. But, God, amen, faith. But I have prayed for you. And when you come back and you get your head straight, guess what? It's not just, okay, well, you were able to squeak back in. Now you're just going to sit back in the corner and do nothing for the rest of your life until uh, you die or I come back. No, no, no. He says, when you come back, you're going to bless. You're going to help. You're going to build my church. Amen. You know what? God can take those that have gone out and come back and He can make something greater than ever was. Because that's the God we serve this morning. Amen? That's God's heart this morning. Hallelujah. So, my point, this first point, is just that. We need to take into consideration. It is possible for us to wander. doesn't matter, hey, I just got done with a 40-day fast. Wow, bless you. Praise God. Awesome. I on outreach, I prayed with 93 people yesterday. Sweet, man. Awesome. Let's do some follow-up. Let's get them locked in. I'm pioneered church. Okay. Praise God. But you know what? It doesn't matter what we've done, what our title is. This needs to be a very real possibility in our mind. We need to. I'm not saying you need to think about it so much that you do it. That's not what. That's not my point. What I'm saying is we need to be conscience, conscient, conscious that we're not there yet. Amen? So it's a very dangerous thing to wander. Okay? I, I want to bring a balance here this morning. I'm not also, I'm also not just saying that, hey, you know, we can wander and what? Who cares? God will bring us back and everything's going to be fine. Well, uh, you don't know that. I don't know that. Okay? We don't know that. The Bible warns us specifically about this. In Hebrews 10, verse 26, it says this, If we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. I remember a good friend of mine, one day um, at this time I was building houses with Steve, their thoroughbred builders, and a friend of mine said, um, he asked me one day, he says, so where's the line between just kind of struggling and then actually being backslidden? And I was like, that's a curious question. I mean, I can understand why you would, you know, okay. But watch out, you know. I don't know where the line is. Honestly, I don't really want to find the line. You know what I mean? I mean, so it's, it's when you do this sin, for this amount of time or this many cents, I, I don't know, brother. All I know is that if there's something wrong in me, I need to get it right ASAP, right? Because the reality is we can wander. We ought not be playing, man. How many know the devil's a good liar? And I mean, he can trick the wisest of us. 
Anybody ever had that thought? I wonder how far I could go. Don't look at me like that. Oh, man. Come on. Y'all are flesh and blood too. Well, it's, you know, that's dangerous, dangerous territory, brother. Dangerous territory. Because the devil will lie to you and he will tell you, hey, you know, it's not that big a deal. Wandering is a major deal. Okay, this morning. So the, the point is, the best way to not wander or to have to come back after wandering, the best way, obviously, is never to do it in the first place. Amen? To avoid it. However, I want to consider, secondly, that uh, they can be restored. Amen. You know what? I'm positive that this morning, here maybe, other parts of the world, somewhere, there's probably thousands of people come to church, they've gathered in the assembly, and in their minds, this is the last service. Today, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to go anymore. I'm, maybe it's a confusion, maybe it's a sin issue, people are considering doing, just abandoning the faith, who knows what it is. Might be a struggle, might be pain, might be all kinds of things, but there's people, I'm going to give it up today. There's some people that already have. We need to know this morning, if you're here this morning and you're doing good, hey, you love God with all your heart, you're serving the Lord. You know what? You need to know people can be restored. People can be restored. We need to know that, right? We need to know that first off. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Because what? If I, if I have, I remember one time on outreach, uh, I was witnessing this guy. He's like, yeah, I'll go to the Baptist church. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, cool. Are you born again? Yep, I'm born again. I said, you, you, you write with God right now? Right? Because, I mean, no, you could pray when you're eight. And that's good. That's not, I'm not discounting that. But, where are you today? How are you with the Lord today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Cause, and this guy, this guy, because if anybody ever backslides, that's it. There's no redemption for them ever again from that point on. I was like, dang. 
no redemption, nothing, no, nope. Anybody ever sins after they get saved? I was like, so you never say, never sinned since you've gotten saved? Nope. I'm good. I'm like, all right, brother. You, uh, you greater than I am. You more Jesus than Jesus, I think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dang. I don't know about you, but I need the grace of God every day. Every moment. More of my, you know, I, I've been, I've been, I'm not, you know, the oldest saint in the world, but I've been around for a little bit. And I remember reaching certain levels, certain points, maybe you could say, in your faith where you're like, man, you know what? That used to be a struggle for me. It's not anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God for that, right? But how many know that you get over that struggle? It's like in the Marine, any of you in the Marine Corps ever go to Pendleton? Or are you hiking up in the mountains of Afghanistan? You're like, man, we reached the summit. Whew. Oh, man, I'm so glad that's behind me. And then you look, and it keeps going up. Well, how many know that there's stuff deep in our hearts that God's got to work out? He's got to work it out. And, and man, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, don't, don't allow it to turn you back. We need God to help us every day. Amen. So I want to consider, thirdly, uh, first off, you know, it is a possibility for us to wander. Second, it is a possibility to come back. Hallelujah. And third, we want to look at turning them back. Our text says this morning, in verse 19, James writes, he says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And so uh, what we see this morning is that restoration should be a, a part of our Christianity. Restoration of others, right? Redeeming others, bringing people back. You know, it's, it's not only, uh, hey, I've got to make it for myself. It's, I need to make it, and I need to bring people along with me. And if somebody else is struggling, man, thank you, Jesus, for those that have helped me when I was struggling. I remember when I came back from Iraq, and, uh, you know, I, it wasn't like I just abandoned my faith. It wasn't like I, you know, was struggling with PTSD. or, But I was just kind of mm, a little like this, spiritually, right? I remember a brother coming by. He just stopped by. Hey, how you doing? Just to say hi, just to be a friend. And, man, the Holy Ghost brought conviction, brought hope, brought and helped me so much. Amen? Why? Because somebody said, you know what? Come on, brother. We can do this. You don't have to go astray. Come on, man. Come on along. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen? You know what? How? Who am I to not extend that same to somebody else? We need to help other people. Amen? We need to help our brothers and sisters. I know there's issues. Sometimes folks, they reject it. They don't want, you know, but, but the point is, it ought to be our heart to redeem people. We ought not think, I don't know, God help us. If we see somebody struggling, we're like, hmm, well, I wouldn't know. No, our heart should be, God, you can help them. They don't have to stay like that. Amen. Hopefully, if you ever in that situation, somebody's not going to say, oh, well, 
There they go. I knew it the whole time. Maybe they're going to pray for you. Maybe they're going to fast for you. Maybe they're going to reach out to you. Right? Amen. So I'm going to consider turning them back. What are some elements? If we're going to turn them back, James, uh, James says it is possible. And he says, if you do it, so there is a way to do it. I want to consider, first of all, prayer is essential. Prayer is absolutely essential. Um, we're not going to be able to just beat somebody. <laughs> the point of restoration is not just to hammer somebody until they do what I tell them to do. That's not restoration. That's, I don't know what that is, but it's not God. Amen? Prayer is saying, God, you've got to help these people. You've got to get involved. We need supernatural help. I've got to pray for this brother, sister, whoever it is. I need to pray for them. I need to get on my face. James 5, same chapter, verse 16. James says this, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What more? What is more important than the restoration of a soul? There's nothing more important than our salvation. As important and glorious as Physical healing is, and I absolutely believe in, I've prayed for people, I've seen miracles, God's healed people. Uh, I, I, it's absolutely a wonderful way to outreach, to glorify God. God heals people, He loves them. As awesome as all that is, what good is it if the soul is still lost? Right? So, James, he's saying, you know, pray for one another that you may be healed. Pray for one another. This is not just physical, it's talking about spiritual as well. I had a couple of instances. Um, one lady one one day called me up when we were in Argentina. She or she sent me a message actually. Sent me a message, Pastor. I'm sorry to inform you, but I'm going to go from the church. I'm going to leave the church. I don't feel loved. I don't feel like there's anybody my age in our church. So I'm leaving. I'm going to go somewhere else. And if you're if you're a pastor, you know this is your flock. Every single one of them is. You love that those people, right? I don't know. You love your brothers? I love my brother. I love Man, this is family here, right? We're family. And so I'm like, man, even though this precious sheep, she got some teeth, you know, sometimes. <laughs> she's, a, she's a spicy sheep. But I love her, man. I want her to make it. I love this. I want, she, God put her here for his purposes. So what am I going to do? Fine. See you later. Hasta luego. Bah! No. I say, oh God, you got to help us. Right? I began to pray. Lord, touch her. Speak to her. Speak to her. I'm going to call her. I'm asking God that you would speak to her and that you would give me words that would confirm what you speak to her. And I called her and she said, Pastor, eso es lo que Dios estaba tratando conmigo. She said, Pastor, that's exactly what God was dealing with me about. I was like, guess what? She's still living for Jesus, serving in the church. Amen. Why? Because God loves people. God loves His church. And we can be used to bring people back. Amen? So we need to pray. And we need to have grace and wisdom. This comes, you know... Uh, through prayer for ourselves. Galatians 6, 1 gives us a warning concerning restoring people. Listen to the wisdom of these words. Paul says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, 
You who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Okay? So Paul's saying, he's saying, look, when it is, we are called to restore people. We are called to bring them back. But be wise about it. Be wise about it. Know yourself. Know your own weaknesses, your own temptations. You know, if you struggle with alcohol, and you know brother so-and-so is falling off the wagon, he's probably down at the bar, don't go down to the bar to try to bring him back to church. Be wise. Amen? Right? Just for some uh, example. So, we need to have a right mindset. It's interesting. What's interesting about this uh, this text that Paul is writing here, it says, if a man be overtaken in a fault, another translation of that is actually uh, caught or exposed in a fault. You know what's interesting? Sometimes, may or may have not have said this myself in the past, but, oh, well, they want it, they can have it. What's interesting, Paul says, if they're caught in a sin, in other words, it's not like they just came all repentant and, hey, this is what I've been doing, I need forgiveness. No, this guy was exposed. He was caught. He wasn't confessing it. Interesting. It says, if, you, if, if a man is overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And so what he says, we need a right mindset when it comes to dealing with people. If somebody's doing something, they know it's wrong, don't just write them off as, oh, well, they got caught in it. They're not really repentant. We don't know. That could be the catalyst that brings them to repentance, right? That could be the, the trigger point that gets somebody's attention and brings them to their knees before Christ, okay? They could be caught in something, and it can help them. Amen. I thank God for our pastor because he has a redemptive heart. Pastor King has a redemptive heart. You know, we're not talking about just allowing any sin or any old, anything goes this morning. That's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about, you know what? When somebody wants to get things right, they really can. Amen. So um, he says, first off, have the right mindset concerning the person. This person can be redeemed. Even the worst cases can be redeemed. Amen. He says, consider yourself. You need to know your own temptations, know your own weaknesses, your own limitations. You know, uh, I wasn't, and I'm still, God helping me, but I wasn't always the most gracious person with my words. I remember trying to help bring some people back, and it's like, I look back and I'm like, why would I try to make things worse? <laughs> I wasn't trying to make things worse. In my mind, I'm helping them. But the words that I would use, brother, you know better than this. You need to get back. <laughs> and it's not helping. I need wisdom. I need God to help me. I might be better off praying for them from a distance than actually going and talking to them if I don't know how to speak with people. Amen. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. And so also, be to, uh, we need to be realistic. Paul says, look, you got to be careful. Uh, consider yourself, lest you be tempted by the same thing. Galatians 6.3, if a man thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. So don't, don't think that the same thing couldn't happen to me when I'm trying to deal with somebody else. 1 Corinthians 10.12, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So we need to be wise. We need help if you're... You know, I don't recommend, if you're a new believer, that you go out 
trying to help bring people back. You know, talk with somebody that's a little more mature in the faith. Let them help you. Let pastor help you. Pastor give you guidance, wisdom on these things. Uh, but we can redeem other people, amen? And so the last thing I want to consider is speaking the truth in love. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. What he, he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So when we speak truth to, to, uh, to those that are, have gone astray, we can, and we love them, really love them, God can do supernatural things in them. God can do what our words never could, what our words never can, what our wisdom never could. He can plant something far above and beyond what we can do. Amen? I want to close with a quick story. I read an obituary and says this, Dennis James Wright passed away peacefully Saturday, September 30th, 2017, after a week of ministering at a revival in Austin, Texas. Dennis was born October 9th, 1954 in Chicago. He was a devoted man to God's calling to go into all the world and preach the gospel as an evangelist for Christian Fellowship Ministries. He was loved by all who knew him and will be greatly missed. Dennis leaves behind a loving wife, Cindy, their children, Eric and April Wright, Joshua and Bridget, Bridget, Right, uh, Bridget Wright, Chris and Melanie Olson, Micah and Megan Wright, and 14 grandchildren. Now, Dennis James Wright, how many of you know, how many of you recognize that name? Dennis Wright. How many of you recognize evangelist Dennis Wright? How many know, knew him? How many of you got a word from Dennis Wright? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many of you got multiple words from Dennis Wright? <laughs> Right? Man, I, I got a, nothing against Craig and Brian. I love you guys so much. The, you guys are awesome evangelists. But I gotta say, Dennis Wright was my favorite evangelist. Sorry, there's nothing against, man, they're gonna hate me now. <laughs> but, man, Dennis Wright, I, I loved that man. I loved his ministry. He helped me personally multiply. He gave me several words that were, I mean, I was like, how do you know that God speaking to him? There was one time, a matter of fact, we were, we'd just come back from Fayetteville and I was really in a bad spot. We went to a revival in Havelock. Dennis Wright was preaching it and I was like, yeah, he's still my favorite evangelist, even though I'm, went there. He finished preaching. He got down off the platform and he came straight for me and my wife. I'm like, oh man. And the word he gave the both, the two of us, was absolutely key in us coming out of all the, the mess we were in. Amen. I'm talking a, a man that was a real minister of the gospel. And those of you that knew him, you know the same thing. You know, But if you know some of his testimony, you also know that he wasn't always that. Dennis Wright was backslidden for seven years at one point. Did you know that? Seven years away from the Lord. He had wandered from the faith. He had departed, amen, but he came back. He came back, and God did more once he'd come back than he did before he'd gone out, because our God is a God of redemption. How many can say amen this morning? Amen. So that's my message this morning. Uh, let's pray. Let's, uh, let's believe God for our prodigal brothers and sisters. Amen? Let's pray, God. Let's, let's pray this morning. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. 
Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.